We welcome you to the OTP, the official Titans podcast, back from the bye. My name is Mike Keith. Amy Wells is here. Hello, Mike. You have a helmet on the table. I do have a helmet on the table. Yeah, you have a helmet on the table. It has a function It has a later in the program. Yeah. All right. Why don't you put it on real quick? I will not. It won't fit over my headset. I thought you were going to say it wouldn't fit over your head. No, headset. Would be... It would fit over my head. So fitting. The great <laughs> Jim Wyatt is here from TitansOnline.com. Glad to be here on Dr. a rainy Wyatt. day in Nashville. Yeah. We're going to practice inside or outside? Oh, inside. No question. It's like a monsoon out there. It is. Yeah, it's not good. Won't be great. So mm-hmm. uh, we'll get to practicing today. Got a lot of things going on as the team has been back to work. Had a Monday-Tuesday practice off on Wednesday. And then uh, into the practice week for Monday Night Football with the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, and it's a certainly a different schedule with the with the bye here. We've got a new addition here on the practice field, uh, you know, this week in Jalston Fowler, which I know you're going to get to, and uh, so it will be interesting to see how he's kind of incorporated in things moving forward. Well, let's get right to it. Jalston Fowler, former fourth round draft pick of this team, cut last December while we were in Arizona. Now back with the ball club after brief stops in Seattle and Atlanta. What does Nudie Fowler add to this team? Well, I, mean, I think he brings a, a tough physical mindset, which I think certainly this team wants to be about. You know, he has done it before when the Titans have used some other players in that position, uh, mostly Luke Stocker. And I think what this does is frees Luke Stocker up to do some more things. But Nudie Fowler, as everyone calls him, is – uh, is a no-nonsense guy. He's not afraid to stick his head in there. It's funny, his first day was asked about what he's prepared to do, if he's prepared to kind of bring that physicality. He said, yeah, I'm ready to absorb some hits, and I'm ready to hopefully knock a few people out. So he's not beating around the bush on what he thinks his role is. Will he completely change things? Uh, it's not going to be all on him. I mean, the, the back's going conti- to have to run better. You know, the line's going to have to be more consistent. But he'll do his part, uh, certainly, and uh, I, I think it, uh, you know, his versatility will help the offense. I really like coaches that like fullbacks. It's kind of old school, but I like it. And you never find a head coach or a general manager who is kind of lukewarm on fullbacks. You either love them or you hate them. I like that Mike Vrabel likes having a fullback, and it frees up, as you were saying, Jim, a guy like Luke Stalker, who's kind of been filling in that fullback role. Now he can go focus on being a tight end. Right. And Nudie can fill that spot. I like it. All right. Trade deadline yesterday, or I should say on Tuesday at 3 o'clock, Washington sends a fourth-round pick to Green Bay in exchange for safety. Ha-ha, Clinton Dix. The L.A. Rams trade a 2019 number three pick and a 2020 number five pick to Jacksonville for defensive end Dante Fowler. Green Green Bay trades running back Ty Montgomery to Baltimore for a seventh-round pick in 2020. Detroit trades wide receiver Golden Tate to Philadelphia for a third-round pick. The Texans acquired wide receiver Demarius Thomas from Denver for a fourth-round pick and a swap of seventh-round picks. Um, Jim Wyatt, some people were very interested in this on the Titans' behalf, wondered why they did not sort of dive in before the trade deadline, although – They'd already traded their number six pick. Let's make that uh, clear. Their number six pick is in Baltimore. Kamale Correa, who is right now a starting outside yeah. linebacker and has two and a half sacks. That was a, a, way, pre, a way pre-trade deadline acquisition. 
but the Titans don't get in at the deadline. Surprise anything. Your thoughts? Well, I mean, I think and it's not like, you know, John Robinson didn't realize the trade deadline was uh, was this week or that his alarm didn't go off and he kind of slept through the day. I mean, he was involved in these talks and, and kind of surveying the NFL and, and what was a out there, who was available, what it was going to take to get him. I think that goes all the way back to Amari Cooper. I mean, I think he certainly uh, – that that one piqued his interest. But you've got to draw a line on what makes sense for your team and what you can give up. And as you mentioned, already given up a six-round pick. And uh, I've always kind of been skeptical about how much of an impact a guy can make coming to a new team in the middle of the season, especially at the receiver position. I mean, all we got to do is – Randy Moss. Yeah, Randy Moss is one. And certainly Randy there were some other <laughs> factors there. But this is a guy – and it's not like, okay, he was done. That's why he didn't help. He went somewhere else after he played here and was productive and sh- showed that he still had some game. Again, there were other factors. That's when Mike Comerdinger was, was sick and they just weren't able sure. to, uh, you know, to s- devote enough time needed to get him involved. But – I think you could find examples all over the league, uh, and I think you just look back to last year what happened with Kelvin Benjamin in Buffalo. The Bills gave up a third-round pick and a seventh-round pick to Carolina to bring him in. He made a, you know, uh, he had, he had, he caught three or fewer passes in six games last season yeah. for Buffalo. His totals were 16 catches for 217 yards. Again, it was a third-round pick, uh, Rashawn. Uh, Golden from University of Tennessee was the was the pick in who's starting for Carolina now is yeah. their nickel. Yeah, so I mean, so you've got to look at the big picture on some of these things. Would it be nice to have one of those guys here, one of the guys that was traded? Yeah, but uh, but still, is is it worth it for a a short term rental? Uh, which it could end up being if you don't sign these guys long term. I, I think all those things are, are are things that John Robinson considered before deciding to stick with uh, with the guys that are currently on the roster. Thoughts? I agree with all of those thoughts. Wow. Yeah. How about that? I know. Can we get a nice? video of this? I'm very agreeable this morning. <laughs> Can we get a video of I'm that? In a, I'm in a good mood. Because you got a Dunkin' Donut Because there. I uh, mutilated a pumpkin donut. All right. Dunkin so donuts. you are taking over the program now. Which is you why are I'm taking in a good o- mood. You are t- <laughs> I'm the captain now. You certainly are. <laughs> you are taking over the OTP because it is Fans Day on the OTP. It is Fans Day, and we got we have giveaways. We do have involving giveaways the helmet, involving the helmet, and the donut. It, well, I'm not giving away my donut. Well, That's not, mine. You've already had two, yeah. so be uh-huh. careful. Yeah, be cool, man. <laughs> you ought, you ought to be doing the commercials for Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> We're giving away yours next time. <laughs> Jim's share of the donuts. No, we had a ton of really good questions, and we're going to get through as many as we can. At DGTN Teacher, I wonder where you teach, how do teams balance the need for rest and getting healthy with maintaining routine and preparation for the next game? Well, I think health is the, you know, you've got to start there. And, and I know Mike Vrabel and every coach that we've been around has made sure that, uh, you know, the players coming off of injuries get plenty of time to recover. Uh, and I think the same way with the practice schedule. And, and Mike Vrabel being a, a former player himself, I think you always 
when you have a guy who has done it before, knows what a player's going through, I think they certainly factor that in. They know when to kind of push them. They know when to kind of back off, and that all hinges with what happens from an injury standpoint. It does. Practices aren't as hard as they used to be. Yeah. You know, they're not in pads the same way. There's a limit on the amount of padded there's practices. A, there's a limit on padded practices. Coaches don't go crazy anymore with it like they – and. You know, back in the day uh, when it was Fisher and, and in the last collective bargaining agreement, that was all Jeff Fisher before Munchak took over after the lockout and the new one went into effect. He was never crazy during the week either. I think there's a pretty good balance. If I, I think, too, if a coach went nuts with this, I think the players would go yeah. crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I I don't see that as a as a big issue at this moment. I think they know and, – and we saw it, too, with – Vrabel right away, he got the players' confidence back during the summer because they were going hard, hard, hard. There would be three minutes left in a period, and he'd say, okay, take just a second, take your helmet off, let's get a drink of water, let's catch our breath and be ready to go into this next period, ready to to be full on. And I think in doing so, Amy, he showed the players, I get it, you're winded right now, we're not just doing this just to do it, Mm -hmm. so – Take just a second and let's get going. And that understanding about I, I'm not I'm not going. This is not the Junction Boys in <laughs> 1955. It's not that. Well, and through the course of a season, it's super physical in training camp. Mm-hmm. In the early parts of the season, when you're trying to get your body back in football shape, these guys are in football shape. Like it's happened. They've taken some live hits. They've been in the games. Their bodies are ready to go. It's maintaining and helping to heal the bumps and bruises. It's true. And, you know, Rich Gannon said something to me at practice not long ago about when he played is that he used to, after Sunday, as a player, he was trying to get himself ready to go for the next Sunday. So whatever he had to do from Monday through Saturday to feel better on Sunday, that was the goal. But then as as his career went along, he tried to do things to get himself better by Wednesday so he could get better practice reps. I think players are so much more conscious of that sort of thinking now. Yeah. And, and, they're, and they do all of the treatments. And remember, Eddie George used to take a massage, and everybody thought that was, oh, wow, that's outlandish. Fancy. Fancy he's <laughs> doing that. Well, now they all do that, you know, uh-huh. uh, different uh, therapies with – cold water, hot water, acupuncture, uh, I mean, whatever it takes to be able to do it. They uh, take so much better care of themselves. Yeah. Yeah, and, and guys that are not uh, – that are kind of close, I think sometimes in the way that it works, a lot of times you'll see guys mispractice early in the week and they'll be out observing practice, and then as long as you can get back and, and really be part of the work late in the week and get your reps, you're in a good position to play on Sunday. Uh and, and and really, I mean, you know, injuries certainly. Uh, the severity of the injuries obviously play a big part on how teams want to handle it as well. I agree. Here's a question from at Dad Life Thirteen. What a Twitter handle! With the bye week being over and coaches having had a chance to really evaluate the team, what's something the fans can expect to see more of going forward with the rest of the schedule? Well, I think uh, expect to see more fullback with uh, Justin Fowler. That's that's new. <laughs> that's cheating. Yeah. That's a dad answer. Yeah. Right that there. was a dad answer. <laughs> uh, but I think you know, you know, and Mike Vrabel was asked this on Monday when the team came back. I mean, I, I don't think you're going to see a lot of sweeping changes on the team. I think the point 
of emphasis and what this team wants to do after a lot of self-scouting is just do what we do better and uh, clean up some of the mistakes and clean up some of the things that have not been executed perfectly during the first half of the season you know th- this offense is not going to all of a sudden change to the to the wing t or, or or change to something that's going to have a completely different look uh but you know the hope is you can clean a lot of things up and uh and maybe find some things that you did well maybe emphasize those more and things that have not gone well maybe move away from those a little bit i think more diverse personnel groupings on offense i think with fowler and that freeing up the tight ends and the fact that you're, you know, you've got the three wides who are are your lead guys. You know who they are. So I think you're going to see them try to run personnel groupings in very quickly. Give teams different looks. Try to throw them off. I think they're going to try to go faster with that and gain some matchups early on. That's just my feeling. All right, rolling right along at Rich Nick ninety six. Hey, he says, how much of a Titans presence were you expecting before arriving in London? And were you surprised by how many non-U.S. Titans fans there were? Yes. I was going to say. to me. A resounding yes. I'm stunning. It was, uh, and I knew there would be a pretty good presence just because if they show up on Twitter and they show up in the mailbag and uh, and you kind of uh, and you kind of heard going in about the crowd that was expected, but it was blew me away. I mean, especially at the at the pub during the course of the week, I was able to make it over there one night, and it was incredible where some of the people were from uh, from all over the UK, but then you know in areas beyond, and uh, and then game day was remarkable you looked around and saw uh the tighten up flags in the crowd and you saw people in the titans jerseys and you saw people walking into wembley with the titans paraphernalia on it was uh it was amazing and some of those people from nashville i know going in the titans had sold uh 250 packages for people to go from the states and from the nashville area which i think was more than anybody else had sold uh for these international games but then over there it was neat to hear the stories of people who kind of followed the Titans since the days of Eddie George and Steve McNair or picked them up on them because of Marcus Mariota, and this was their opportunity to see him because they've not been over there yet. A couple of them certainly had made the trip, but uh, it was it was pretty remarkable uh, to me. Uh, I know Jacksonville certainly has a great fan base there because they kind of it's become a home game for them on a regular basis. So you should probably see more Blake Bortles jerseys there than you do uh, in Jacksonville. But uh, uh, but t- wow. the Titans uh, <laughs> just tell it like it is. Uh, Low but, key uh, <laughs> zinger. From but Jim uh, but it was uh, it was I, I was I was blown away not, not only with the trip but just the uh, the fan turnout. Mm-hmm. I agree. It was. Uh, much bigger than my expectations it was crazy all right moving on that was a good question there rich uh at geo guerrera i can't say that guerrera okay yeah appreciate all you and the crew along with jim and mike doing a daily basis to keep us informed on titans news who's the crew welcome geo that's you guys well no but i mean who's the oh we're your crew yeah oh okay myself (laughs) your crew no i think you're like amy wells and the and the crew and the crew like my backup singers like katrina and the waves (laughs) sure like hootie and the blowfish no, oh no! Don't call him Hootie. I'm not calling him Hootie, you know but you I'm do, saying but that's you, not I'm it. not talking to him. Yeah, but that's not. Is he, that is not he, a is thing he that insulted if you call oh, him that yeah. now? That's a big part of his Hootie. life. I saw him when he sang the anthem here. He's come out of the don't restroom. Don't call him Hootie. 
Is yeah. that right? Oh, no. He, uh, did you call Fight, him Hootie? Fight words. Upset. I didn't call him Hootie. Yeah. Not coming out of the bathroom. No, no Keith yeah. Bullock did once. Yeah. Is that right? Good. It was a bad yeah. thing. Did he shout him down? Darius. <laughs> Darius. Go ahead, ask the question. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> How is it? This is all for Amy and her crew. <laughs> My squad. Mm. How is it working games, and what would you say are the your favorite moments you've experienced so far? Speaking on behalf of the crew, yeah, I think it's crew. really fun. I think we have a good time. No, really, truly, it's, I mean, this job is not a job. It's so much more than that. Well, we live for, I mean, game days. I mean, that's, that's what, I mean, this is a fun job. It, I mean, it's a, obviously, all of us work a heck of a lot of hours, and it's, uh, it's a grind, and certainly, uh, you know, you're pretty much going around the clock, especially when the season starts. But I think everybody looks forward to game days, and and I know I feel fortunate every time there's a kickoff and we're you know getting ready for the national anthem, thinking, hey, I've got the best job in the world, oh, yeah. uh, covering mm-hmm. the NFL and and being at, at, at you know not only at Nissan Stadium but being in stadiums across uh, the country that you certainly could only dream of being in as part of your job growing up. So. Uh, uh, the, I will say the London trip, we just touched on it, but you talk about cool experiences, uh, you know, and if, if we're just talking about this year, that that's it. I mean, that, that was spectacular. And it's fun to go to Lambeau Field. It's fun to go to Heinz Field, formerly, th- you know, and, and Three River Stadium before that. You love going to some of these settings that have such a great football tradition. Well, uh, because you and I grew up here. Yep. And we never thought we'd have an NFL team here. We never we, – we all followed national teams. And then, you know, and there's still people who live in, in Middle Tennessee who say, well, I'm a Cowboy fan or I'm a Steeler fan. I get that. You, that's who you grew up following. That's okay. If you had grown up following the Titans, like somebody in their 20s, mm-hmm. then, then you're different. And that's why one of the things we tried to cultivate when we started is with the caravans and, and going to schools and because we knew we were having to cultivate the fan base. And what we said to people who followed national teams, the Packers or the Cowboys or the Steelers or the Raiders, whatever, is, let us be your second favorite team. Yeah. Or if you're a Cowboy fan, let us be your favorite AFC team. Mm-hmm. Understanding that it was that way because we were all that way growing up. Yeah. I mean, who was your team growing up? I'm not saying. Yeah. This this week I'm not saying. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I think we just got our answer. I was a, well, I was yeah. a, I was a Cowboy fan yeah. because two guys who played for the Cowboys grew up in my dad's neighborhood. Uh-huh. A guy named Rod Whidbey who punted for them in the 60s, and then Dee Dee Lewis, who was a linebacker for 13 years. He's famous on the catch because he's the guy who's jumping up uh, <laughs> to bat down the pass when Joe Montana throws to Dwight Clark in the back of the end zone. Well, you know, he's, he's a family friend, and so that's why we, I, I grew up following them. How about you, Amy? I was a Cowboys Were fan, you really? too. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, because I was watching football in the 90s, and that's when the Cowboys were yeah. – that's when they were America's team. And that my dad was a Steelers fan. It really bothered him. So that was an extra <laughs> little little nice. jab. But, yeah, so. That's, it's funny. I was a Bills fan. I was the only kid in school who was a Bills fan. The I loved O.J. Simpson. Ooh. Yeah. You and what? I loved, I loved <laughs> O.J. I mean, and I was the kid Cut. in school. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for the last. <laughs> I, I, I remember. I mean, Miami had the oranges. Buffalo had the juice. You remember those? I know. You, you remember the? I know. The, well, <laughs> and, you know, we were surprised because I asked Correct Bryant. I said when we played up there a few weeks ago. I said, "Can you find a Simpson jersey in the audience?" 
Oh, I and bet you, you could. Absolutely. Yeah, I saw him. Absolutely yeah. you could. You could see Not, him. He found one within 30 seconds. Seriously? Yeah. 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 So wow. I, you remember the jackets, the kind of the wool jackets that had the plastic sleeves? Sure. I, I was I the only one. kid that had the Bills jacket. I had the red sleeves, the blue. I wore OJ stuff. Uh, I didn't get bullied because it was, you know, <laughs> uh, Buffalo was not the team. That no. Certainly anybody was jumping on their bandwagon. No. But, no, it's funny. I think about that in, in on times when we're getting ready to play a Monday night football game. Is back in the day, Monday night football used to be my stay parents up till would stay up to halftime so you could see the highlights. highlights. That's where you could see. Because there was no ESPN. Yes. Right. And Howard Cosell did the highlights, and it was where you got to see everybody else. Yeah. And, and maybe you get 20, 15, 20 seconds of your right. team. Right, wow. but you would negotiate, and if you lived in the Eastern Time Zone, it was really tough. Yeah, because you weren't going to make it to halftime. But when we moved here went from the Eastern Time Zone to the Central Time Zone when I was ten, you had it made. I, I could make it to halftime. <laughs> so it was fun, and that's where Monday night. That's where I started watching Monday Night Football for the for the highlight. So that was fun, and that, so that's why I get it. I mean, I get why people are fans of the Titans oh, from California yeah. or from sure. somewhere in the UK or from. From down in Texas, obviously, with the history well, with the Oilers. And when they ask about the experience, when we walk into AT&T Stadium on Monday night, it will hit us. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's not the first time we've done it, but it will still it will still resonate in that same way, which is what makes this job so special. Every new stadium I walk into, I always have a moment where I realize how special this is. And it's usually when we're getting off the bus and maybe my coffee just hasn't kicked in. But, like, I always have that. Oh my gosh! Look at what we're able we're to doing do. An NFL moment. Game. Yeah, yep. it's all. It's never ever taken for granted. Correct. It's awesome. All right, Mike, you can go from being my crew to this. This is great. Twitter handle that I think is an homage to you. At no homage. flags on the field. Is it not homage? No, I. I think it's homage. I thought I'm from Missouri. That's okay. I can't say the words. Homage. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure. I'm going to look it up later. Jim? Anyway. <laughs> what would you go with? He's from Tennessee. Oh, I Easy. <laughs> What's the worst travel story you have had since joining, or in Jim's case, covering the Titans? Mine's easy. 2002 preseason Minnesota, us flying back. I think I've told you the story about us flying back. Oh, I don't know. So we're flying back after a preseason game where we played Minnesota. It's week three of the preseason, and it's a Friday night, and we're supposed to get home on Saturday morning. And Pat Ryan, who's doing color with me at the time on Titans Radio, is trying to get back to see his son play on Saturday morning. So um, we're we're flying back, and, you know, everything's going great. About uh, maybe 45 minutes into the flight, the pilot comes on, and he says, Hey, everyone, we're cruising at 70,000, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. He says, we got a little bit of a problem with the flaps, and so uh, what we're going to do in order to get that fixed, it's no big deal at all. We're going uh, to land in Chicago, and da-da-da-da-da. Uh, well, that's weird. Okay. But he was very calm, and we just went on eating mm-hmm. the meal or, you know, whatever. We were watching the movie, whatever we were doing. So we're, we landed O'Hare. Okay. Which is, of course, the big airport. Yeah. We landed O'Hare because they have long runways. When we land, <laughs> there are fire trucks and ambulances and foam trucks and all this stuff. The, you won't remember the movie Airplane, but in the movie, I do air, remember the, the, movie the air, airplane. In the movie Airplane, they said landing at uh, <laughs> gate 
gate seven, gate eight, gate nine, <laughs> gate ten. But, and there were all these, you know, emergency vehicles there. And we're like, well, that's weird. It's why would we be doing that? Well, the plane lands, and I mean, it takes forever for the plane to stop. I mean, like for you're like, boy, this is the longest landing I could ever remember. So we pull in. It's like two o'clock in the morning, <laughs> and um, they take us to a gate. This was the summer after the the bombings in or the the pl- the nine eleven nine eleven. Yes, right. I'm sorry. No. And so everything was on high alert. They mm-hmm. take us to an area where we're just by ourselves, <laughs> and it's the whole team. They take us off the plane, and they are bringing us another plane. Well, Coach Fisher <laughs> says to the pilot, he goes, hey, uh, nice job with that. He said, that was, uh, uh, you really you know, made that easy. He goes, yeah, usually th- those don't end <laughs> very well. What? Right. <laughs> well, come to find out, that was basically, as it's described to me, and I'm no expert, a crash landing. That's, they, were, they did not think they were going to be able to get the plane to stop. Woo. And so it makes its way through the team that we've had this moment. And this guy, I mean, that was looking back, it's a scary moment. At the time, it wasn't because we didn't know. And it gets to Pat Ryan. He goes, well, because I don't see why they just go ahead and take a chance, fly it on to, to Nashville. I'd been home by now. <laughs> <laughs> so that was in 2002. Oh, man. Did Do you, you have one? Did you utter the words at any point, I picked a bad day to quit sniffing glue? glue. Yeah. <laughs> That's from another, side, another line from airplane. A I can yeah. make a brooch. I can make a pterodactyl. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, no, I did not. <laughs> I, I mean, we didn't know. Yes. But the, 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 the guy said, well, we're having just a small problem. <laughs> so anytime yeah. they come on now and say anything, I'm like, that guy's lying. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think he's got me beat uh, on this. I will say, you know, before the days of traveling with the team, you know, I covered the team for 16 years for the Tennesseans. So I was flying commercial and I was had all the connections and certainly had a lot of nightmares there, missing you know connections and flights getting canceled and trying to get back. If I had to name one specific flight, uh, and it's, I think it's the two, same season, 2002 season, AFC Championship game out in Oakland. Uh, or was that the that – was, That was it because that was the week I got stuck on the interstate here for six hours coming in for practice Ooh. because it snowed. So, yes, that was it was Oakland. Yeah, so I guess two part of that trip. One, my car couldn't get up the hill. Uh, I guess there's a good good uh, part of the story and then a bad part, but my car couldn't get up the hill. I got stuck coming here. I couldn't get to the facility on the day we were supposed to fly out and uh, because of the ice storm. Donald Who picked you up? Donald Mitchell yeah, picked me up. Former Titans and, uh, nickelback, yep, Donald Mitchell. And got me to uh, and got me here, and I was able to watch the flight. But I guess that I started that story because the way back is what got me. We were at the stadium until uh, late at night. Right. I think uh, probably went to bed about 4 o'clock in the morning. Had a real early Southwest flight coming back. Uh, I was traveling with Kuharski. I think I had the window Ooh, seat. And Kuharski had, yeah. had the uh, – who's, who's real pleasant early uh, in the always. morning after, Happy fun uh, guy. after no sleep. So, But we always had a system. I, I had the I had the window. He had the aisle. Of course, we were operating on one, two-hour sleep, and we'd say, I can't wait to sleep on this right. flight. So. Things were shaping up well. We had, we were seemed like we had the only open seat in the middle. We were going to be able to spread out, and get some sleep, and uh, they let a couple of people in late. And 
here comes Big Daddy Gaddy down the aisle. I don't know if you know who Big <laughs> Daddy so, Gaddy no, is, but, yes, but, but, but well, by that name. Well, I did arena football for three yes, years. Yes, so, yes. So you definitely know Big Daddy Gaddy. And he didn't get that nickname for being small. small. So he weighed about 380 pounds. And uh, so he comes walking down the aisle. We got this middle seat. And, you know, Kaharski and I always used to, you know, when people were coming close to us, we start talking about, hey, did you did you get over the swine flu yet? Or you, how's that case of pneumonia going? Or try to do anything to discourage people. <laughs> so, yeah. We start coughing real loud. And then, so Big Daddy Gaddy passed us. And, and, uh, and Kowarski and I looked at each other like, man, we dodged a bullet there. You don't want a 380-pounder sitting next to you on a – on a uh, a flight four hour flight back to Nashville, so unfortunately there was nothing behind us. So Big Daddy Gaddy circled back around and kind of looked at it, said, "I'm coming in, fellas." And uh, so he <laughs> did Kaharski move into the middle. He didn't. He didn't sacrifice. He wasn't moving in the middle seat. So Big Daddy Gaddy sat in the middle. I was on the aisle, kind of pinned up. I mean, I was on the window, pinned up, couldn't move. For about four, four and a half hours, and uh, that sounds like every flight I took when yeah. I covered arena football. <laughs> well, you you talk about yeah. first yeah. class accommodation. Uh-huh. <laughs> so Big Daddy was so uncomfortable. He put the he sat down. He put the armrest up and just kind of leaned his head into the seat in front of him. And uh, I don't think I could move for four, four and a half hours. And uh, I always remember that flight. I've seen Big Daddy Gaddy since his son played at Father Ryan High School. He looks like a basketball player now. Oh, good. He mm. was, uh, he's, he weighs probably about 220. And, uh, but he was Steve McNair's good friend and kind of his bodyguard. Right. And, uh, and uh, he was my bodyguard for that day because yeah. nobody was getting to me uh, whether <laughs> they wanted to or not. All the uh, arena flights, because the arena thing was such a big deal. You'll love this because – your team had to pay for the flight. The other team, the home team, had to pay for the hotel. Well, they traded the hotel with somebody. They had mm-hmm. a deal with Holiday Inn or Hampton Inn or whomever. And so if the team could find you a cheap flight out, if they could find you a $39 flight on Tuesday, they would send you on Tuesday out at 3 o'clock in the morning. Because the other place because is the paying other, for you to be there forever. Yeah. It's free. <laughs> so when Larry Stone and I did the arena games, I mean, flying some of the I, – I, oh, wow, what a treat. I liked <laughs> arena football. I liked covering arena football. I get ragged about that all the time, but I really enjoyed it. But the flights, not so much. Yeah, not the best <laughs> travel accommodation. No, no. Better that. than a crash landing at O'Hare in Chicago. Well, a lot of things would be, I think. Yes. Yeah. But flying into Grand Rapids, I guess. What were some of the destinations? Van Andel Arena in yeah. Grand Rapids. <laughs> <laughs> Tonight. <laughs> what goes on on the Grand Rapids on a Friday night before an arena uh, league game? It wasn't really much. Yeah. <laughs> not the rowdiest there were, city. There were casinos up yeah. at the... Canadian border that might have been visited, but uh, <laughs> try to find a Denny's. <laughs> Denny's. Yeah, they've got a Denny's. Yeah, <laughs> Grand Rapids is actually a nice place. There were others that were uh, going to Utah was the real, Ooh, real Utah, treat. It's a beautiful place. Not a lot to do because <laughs> it's not like we could go skiing. Right. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. I've never <laughs> been to Grand Rapids. Grand Rapids looks exactly like Knoxville. Okay. Exactly. I mean, it, it's you. So you so if they so did a movie about Knoxville, they could shoot it in Grand Rapids. It, there's a, a river that goes right through downtown, and the buildings look the same. It's it is stunning, jarring. If people are nice, and it was it was really a good place. Second largest city in Michigan. 
Oh, the oh, the rapids as grand as uh, they, they are said grand. they are. Oh, they, it's, oh they, that, that is no question. Oh, that that is uh, truth in advertising. Did you ever take a? You kayak know where we uh, went there. You know where we we are going so far. Oh yeah. <laughs> went to the Gerald Ford okay. Presidential Library there. You did. Fascinating. Wow. Because he had all of the Watergate letters and all of the, it was. Fascinating. Oh, I bet that was good. Yeah, it's good stuff. You guys are getting your money's worth today, man. This is <laughs> you ask. You ask how Grand Rapids. Yeah. Well, Grand Rapids is very nice. I up could there. be part of the Grand Rapids Chamber of Commerce. You for sure could. Yes. But moving Van right along. Arena tonight. <laughs> be there. Oh my gosh, we're coming off the rails. The Grand Rapids Rampage. I'm not the captain against anymore. Against your Nashville Cats. All right, I've got a question here from at Titans Fan underscore forty two. He would like to know if. We are able to get a sense that trouble is a coming, or if anything seems amiss before the Titans have gone out and played in a game that didn't go super well. Yeah, 2012 at Green Bay when our guard got hit the night before and had a car accident. Oh, yeah. That was uh, – we signed a guy on Tuesday, and he's ended up starting for us at guard, and he had a bit of an ironic sort of uh, – I mean, there were a lot of things going on with this player anyway, and uh, he got broadsided the night before. I mean, every – that's one of the few times here, – here's the funny thing. So, like, the Baltimore game happens, unfortunately, a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. The team – I thought the team practiced great during the week. Yeah. Yep. 99% of the time, you never know. Mm-hmm. Like, the team, I didn't think, had a great week of practice before Philadelphia. Right. And then they go win the ball game. So, I, you don't ever know except in these – certain sets of circumstances where it's just all going wrong yeah yes i mean sometimes people think hey the team not practice this week or something like that before a bad game it's sometimes hard to tell from there and then sometimes you get in a fight on the practice field and is that a good sign or a bad sign sometimes you think hey that may be good this team's showing a little life other people might look at oh this team's coming apart the seam so it's kind of hard to tell injuries or something something you certainly look for uh vince young would miss the flight to Philly, is that right? Philly. And uh, and that they had probably, to talk him into coming. Yeah, I mean he wasn't gonna. He was so mad that they went off and left him. They had, they had to talk him into to coming on. And Ooh. then uh, and then they yeah, won the game because I think he was pulling up. The story is he was pulling up as the flight was leaving. Wouldn't wait for him. I right. think Jeff Fisher sent a message. Hey, just because you're Vince Young and the quarterback of the football team doesn't mean you're necessarily. He uh, actually had the flight he actually you. had a legitimate story too. That's that's the other part of that is he had to. He had a legitimate story about why he was late, and um, there was also the game. Um, so they win that game. Yeah, that's what's crazy. You have something like that happen, yeah, and then you go up there and win and the game. They're and seven, yeah. and they win that game. And uh, the other the other part of that one, too, is so they th- – this is what drove Norm Chow crazy. So Norm Chow has set this play that is a screen pass, and I'm not going to sell out one of the players involved because I don't because I like him personally but sometimes he couldn't remember what he was supposed to do at different points Hmm. and so they set this screenplay because Philadelphia does the same thing on their opening snap of defense under Jim Johnson every week they do the same thing they you know they're going at it and they're doing this and they're doing that and so um they run the play and this guy forgets to go out for the pass he stays in to block. So Vince Young has to just throw the ball in the ground. They've worked on this screen pass all week. Had the guy gone out and gone two yards 
further and turned around, there was nobody there. It would have been like an 85-yard touchdown. And they worked on it all week. They had scouted it, and then the guy forgot what he was supposed to do. Heartbreaker. Yes, and it wasn't Travis Henry, by the way. Well, see, there you <laughs> go. Yeah, I, How did we get on that? I don't so know. Jim brought up Philadelphia. Yeah. yeah, it's a question that you could. It's just sometimes hard to tell when something's a you mess. Can, you can when things go right. bad. Almost never. Yeah, you can look back and say, "Oh, well, yeah, the fifty-nine to nothing game." You could kind of see that coming. There yeah. was not fifty-nine to nothing, but it was a mess. Y- see, I Jeff Fisher told us in the produ- told Larry Stone and me in the production meeting on that Friday. He goes, if we don't score every time we get – he goes, because they were starting two rookie corners. Uh-huh. And he said, we have no chance to stop them. Good. I mean, he he knew that it was that bad, and so they had to, you know, they had to be successful. I mean, sometimes you know you're in trouble. Yeah. In 2004, where we onside kicked every time <laughs> after we scored at Indianapolis. Yeah. Jeff walked into the team. He goes, guess what we're going to do, fellas? We're going to onside kick every time after we score. And the huh. player's like, Woo! It's great. <laughs> Not a great sign, however, that you feel like you're going to be able to stop them. Right. See, I thought I kind of had a gauge on it. I, you never really know. You don't. But then the Houston game happens. We walk into that, and everything on paper said this is going to yep. be a bad day. Bad day. Bad yep. day. We were all talking about it before the game, oh, yeah. like bracing ourselves for impact a little bit. Won the football game. Looked great. Yeah. Like, <laughs> sure, cool. All right, we need to wrap this up, but I want to do one more more question. All right, one more. Ashley, don't get mad at me. I'm going off the rails a little bit. This one is from Halloween candy. I think this may be a. Ashley should be fine because I handed over to her my extra Halloween candy. Oh, that was nice of you. Were they cough drops? No, they were not cough drops. Just asking. Okay, this question is from at RT Beave. And it says, Rick Beavers is his name. It says that being that the three of you are at practice a lot and see the team outside of just on Sundays, what have you seen both on the practice field and in the locker room, and I'm going to add around the building, that gives you confidence this team is moving in the right direction? I'm having a cough drop. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's not candy, Mike. Well, you enjoy that. I'll get started. I, mean, I, I just think that this, the, uh, just the, I mean, I think this team has good leadership, and I think that it has from the beginning. I mean, it, I remember there have been some years where – you could look at before the captains are named, and it was tough to come up with five guys who you could look at and say five or six guys that you could look at and say these guys would be captains. So this team names its captains three or four this years year. ago. Yeah, and and there's several other guys, numerous guys that you could say well they would have been a good captain as well. So I, I just think the makeup of the team, you know, the players. There's been some years here that uh, you know there was. You know, didn't sometimes didn't seem like guys took it serious enough. It just were too lackadaisical in their approach. Guys were looking for how they're going to pad their own stats and what's in it for me. And I, I just don't get the sense. Uh, I, I know that's not the way this team is made up. I mean, so I, that's what gives me the feeling that, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Things have not gone the way anybody has wanted them to yet, but uh, I don't think it's because it's a bad locker room or because the leadership's not bad. Just, uh, you know, Things have just not come together like everyone has hoped, and hopefully that will change. And I think the reason you think it could change is because of the the guys that are that are putting this team together. I think it's quarterback. I think the quarterback's going to play better in November and December. I think he's healthy. I think him taking the glove off is a bigger deal than what people know. The gloves are coming off. The glove has come off. Yep. I mean, I think it's a bigger. I think it's a bigger deal because I think as much for his confidence in himself making the throws even more so than just making the throws. I think the other thing, too, is 
there, there's not a man on this roster that we haven't seen do what he needs to do to make this team better at one point in time. I mean, take the receivers. Corey Davis has four catches for 34 yards in the last two games, but he, he had nine for 161 against the Eagles. We've seen Taewon Taylor do it. Tajay Sharp's coming off his best game. We've seen what Deion Lewis can do. We've seen what Derrick Henry can do in the past. On defense, outside linebackers haven't had big enough numbers that to this point. We've seen them do it. We, we've understood that it can happen. This whole team has to play better. It starts with the quarterback, and I think it can happen. I really I, I think if this ball club plays up to its capability, not perfect, but plays up to its capability, I think they can be successful in November and December. Jim, I think the parts are there. I do, and uh, but certainly it's not an easy road coming nope. up. And uh, th- this game against Dallas on Monday night is a big part of it. If you can get to 4-4, four and four, it kind of changes the conversation before the Patriots come to town. But these next four games, I mean, Dallas, the Patriots, the Colts, the Texans, I mean, this is – yeah, we're going to know here in another quarter of the season where this, what direction the season's headed in. Well, if you could take three or four, and you could be six and five going into December with four home games. Mm. Yeah, that's mm. not bad. Yeah, not not a prediction, but I mean, I think that's that's where you need to be. You certainly need to get at least two, but you probably would like to be able to get three. And this team can get three. I mean, they've shown. Listen, they shouldn't beat Houston. They did. Houston was at full strength, and they beat them. Yep. Jacksonville was at full strength, 2-0, and believing they were the world beaters. You went into their place and beat them. You beat the defending world champions. You can do it. Mm-hmm. There, There's nobody on this schedule that you say, oh, that's Alabama. Right. You know, right. we're wasting our time. I mean, they, they can do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they control their own destiny to a certain extent. They just have to do it. And that's why at, at this point you – and they understand – it's on you. Yep. And this team has bought in. This entire totally team is in. on board with Mike Vrabel, his coaching, his philosophy. There's not anyone back there in the locker room that's saying, man, this is this is whack. This isn't going the way yeah, that it's Yeah, well, good. there was Everyone one, and is, he, he left. And he left, yeah. we uh, Everybody in this locker room has bought in. They are all together. I think they know they can do it. They see the pieces that need to be fixed, and I think that they're all – Ready to fix them. Well, and I think the other thing, too, and I'll just wrap up with this, yep. and, and that is they played so much better against the Chargers than they did against the Ravens. Yes. I think if you were going into the bye coming off the Ravens' performance, you would have a lot more of a sales job in the way that you're talking about, Amy, than you do based on how they played. They did a lot of things right in yep. the Chargers game. That looked like the Titans again. Mm-hmm. Finally, you yes. know, th- that looked like Buffalo. They didn't the Ravens game. I don't know who that was and mm-hmm. they don't know who that was. That looked like the Titans again. Yeah. yeah and this team's three and four. And certainly it's not where anybody wants to be. But uh, and, and this is kind of the way the league is. But one point losses twice and one play away. You know, you make a make a play against Buffalo and you, you make that two point conversion late against the Chargers team's. Five and two, and in a great position. So uh, it's certainly not time to panic, but let drop a couple now, and uh, yeah, you're starting to it's November. Feel a little uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's November as of today. It's officially November. It is. We're here. We're here. We have one more order of business to take care of Go. before we leave. We promised that we would give away these signs. There's one behind Mike. There's one behind Jim over here. We're going to give those away to someone who sent questions. 
I'm going to draw them. Even if their question didn't get on the air? Yes. Is that my helmet? This is not your you helmet. You want me to hold the helmet? Yeah, you oh. shake it the up. Helmet. Give it a good shake shake. We put them in Jim's visor. This is kind of like a day after Halloween. Look at this thing. This would look great in your person cave. Your person cave? I think it's inappropriate to say man cave. All right. Here's one. Look at this thing. That is a strong piece of equipment. Jim White will even sign it for you. All right. This one is, the first one is going to Josh Yates at Dad Life. Dad. Okay. Right, Dad. His question which one does he get, Amy? You've got to say which, which one oh, he gets. Oh, his question was, he was asking about the bye week and um, what fans can expect seeing more. Okay. Yep. To see more of going forward. So do we let him pick whether he wants sword or helmet? Or do we just say it's sword or helmet? You pick. I'd say, I'd say probably let him pick. Yeah, yeah maybe. let yeah. him right. pick. And then this person, number two. We'll person number other. two. But you're number one in our heart. Brian Anderson, B.A. in the borough, whose question nice. we did not get to. B.A. Barabbas. <laughs> but Off the A-team. You also, you win the one that dad life didn't pick so and what was this Brian question? Anderson that what, we didn't get to what was his question the Titans seemingly have the offensive pieces learning a new system and in place for success with that and Vrabel's defensive background do we expect a continued draft focus on that side of the ball I think it matters what they I mean remember the two outside linebackers are up after this year oh that's true so and you know, there there's some monies there. The quarterback's going to make a lot more money next year. Mm-hmm. I don't think we have any idea right now what they're going to do in the draft. No, we still have a ways to go. Because the Titans don't have – and somebody else had listed a question about always in the top five in uh, cap money. money. Mm-hmm. The Titans are not in the top five in cap money going forward. Remember, this team's getting older. Yeah. This is not the new team they were in 2015. They have good room. Mm-hmm. They have, I mean, it's manageable. There are things that they can they they can certainly do. But yeah, I mean, there are a lot of decisions, and and it goes back. It kind of winds up the theme of this whole thing. What happens the rest of the year is going to make a lot of the decisions for the front office and for the coaching staff going forward. I mean, it's it's on. I yep. mean, this this is your ball club. This is what you got. And now you go forward and you see what you can do with it. And, you know, everyone can speculate and feel how they want to feel, which is absolutely their right. But the end result is the report card. Yeah. And that's the beautiful thing and the tough thing about the NFL. Right. Good stuff. I like the fan questions. And these are pretty good uh, posters, too. I mean, these are, these are hardcore. <laughs> Those uh, are solid. That's, more th- that, that's not a – You can uh, put that in your person cave. Jim. Yeah, that's person. not a, uh, <laughs> a, a one that's going to fade. We're politically correct here. <laughs> no, the, we're not. On the OTP. Yes, we are. We just had that training. <laughs> what are these things made of? I mean, this is not pa- these aren't paper no, those posters are going to tear. This paper is mache? No, those are like plastic. Hardcore They're plastic. plexiglass. Yeah. That, They're mean, from our studio It would there. look real – yeah, we built yeah. the studio, and apparently the lights don't reflect properly – Right. I mean, this is this is about as good a giveaway as we've ever had. It's obviously the best ever giveaway on the OTP because yes. we've never had one. Right, but I'm really excited about it. But I you like got it. a Dunkin' Donut, and, and you get two Dunkin' Donuts. That's yeah. our giveaway. We need to start giving away something every week. Can we give Just away give yeah. away so people yeah. will actually watch? <laughs> <laughs> you think that would Jim, get people clean to— clean out your desk. <laughs> we'll yeah, well, y'all give away stuff. I'm keeping all my stuff. But if you can think something to give away Thank you, week, Jim. Just, You're uh, so kind. you got so much stuff in your office. We need to start giving I away do. your yeah. notebooks. <laughs> give away the. I give away a pencil. Yeah, I, I, I can order some more if uh, if I run. I give out. away my spot charts every week. Oh I laminate gosh. you a spot chart and 
give yeah. it away. Everybody would want that. Give away the rest of that donut. I give someone my folders with my notes on them. That's right. Yeah. That would be good. Okay. Chicken scratch. Let's take a look at how you can follow these two people, these two fine human beings, mm-hmm. these two fine Americans on social <laughs> media. Jay White Sports, at Titans Amy, A-M. I E at Titans Amy at J White Sports. That's how you follow on the Twitter. How do you follow us? Go to TitansOnline.com slash podcast. Hopefully you will download it and tell everyone you know to be a part of the OTP. For Amy Wells and Jim White, my name's Mike Keith. Thanks for being with us. This is the official Titans podcast, better known as the OTP. Have a great day.